Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have a 3-1 lead in the first round to cover that was probably the most realistic outcome at this point. There might be some debate from the perhaps overly optimistic folk out there who thought that uh, thought the Bucks could run, run away with this series. And I'm not really going to die on that hill and live in hindsight that, that the Bucks couldn't have won 4-0, that that it wasn't in the cards at the beginning of the series. After all, the Bulls were kind of the team that a lot of people wanted to play. Uh, However, I think the main point uh, to be taken in hindsight was that uh, the Eastern Conference has just gotten a lot tougher, to say the least, compared to, I mean, gosh, as as long as I've been closely following the NBA, which, you know, of course, it's was uh, somewhat of a gradual trajectory. It wasn't quite zero to 100 with my coverage of the league. I've talked about how essentially the LeBron Heatles era was the genesis of my NBA following along with many others I would I would project. So around that time, I can't quite say, well, I'll uh, I'll put a bow on, on this trend because I was just about to say, well, I don't really know what the class of the of the of the bottom of the Eastern Conference was back when I first started. <laughs> but then again, I thought back to, hey, what were people shouting over the summer? And that was Bucks and Six. And that had to have come from somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. Came from Brandon Jennings in the first round of a early uh, early 2010s uh, Eastern Conference series, which inevitably ended in a decisive sweep. So those are uh, look to be much fewer and further between. In fact, there's only one sweep uh, in this year's postseason that we'll get to in more detail later on. But those listening probably already know that the Celtics, as of last night, have swept the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I, I don't know if it's getting discussed enough how crazy this is, but also to take out a team four times in a, in, in a row is a world whirlwind in, in and of its own. So, yeah, I, I can't. I, I mean, I've been caught off guard, so it's easy to see how others maybe haven't kept up. Uh, maybe haven't caught up to how crazy it is that the, that the Nets uh, have been swept, even though they were probably within the past nine months uh, an NBA champion favorite. Of course, much has changed, especially with the Boston Celtics. Credit to them, who will be our second round uh, matchup. Can you tell I'm trying to create some positive juju there by paying paying them some compliments, uh, becoming the team that we had kind of expected them to become for uh, a number of seasons? But progress isn't always linear, and Jason Tatum uh, was one of the guys who infamously, uh, I, let's just say, unfortunately, dealt with a, 
uh, nagging COVID so much so that I believe he had to go out and get an inhaler. He's their number one guy, clearly. So that definitely um, brought the team down a bit. Tatum was the least, least of their worries, but Tatum and his co-star Brown are also young guys. So, uh, you know, they're subject to some volatility as, as all humans are, especially when they're around, around my age or younger. And then, yeah, really, it's it's kind of crazy because it all seemed to come down uh, right around when uh, when they traded for Derek White, maybe a little before, but people have been saying for a while that they just need need another drink stirrer besides uh, besides Marcus Smart, and they got that and, and White and haven't looked back uh, since then. Robert Williams has, of course, stepped up to the plate in a substantial way, uh, however... I said I would cover this later on, uh, so how would I get more into into the Bucks here, who of course have their 3-1 lead over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the first two games were quite close. Uh, game two was, was the just atrocious game where DeMar just exploded but also but also in both of these first two games the, the bucks just seemed just seemed careless with the ball and yeah uh, i'll have to i'll go through my notes a bit more to try to unpack how crazy those first two games were but you know that is hopefully something we could leave in the past now after these past two games uh, where the bucks won quite easily against the chicago bulls even though uh, Chris Middleton went down with an MCL sprain, and he will be reevaluated two weeks from last Wednesday. So, uh, by the time anyone's listening to this, it will be a week until Chris is reevaluated. Emphasis on reevaluated. Not saying at all that uh, he'll be back at that point. And in fact, usually that means it's more likely than not that he will miss more time on top of that. So we'll, yeah, we'll keep our eyes peeled uh, to, I guess, in my case, my Woj and Shams notifications to see uh, what news comes out uh, on Chris Middleton's availability. Just so that I don't forget it, on the point of availability, uh, I got a notification from Woj that Zach Levine will actually miss game five, which is tomorrow as of recording here on uh, April 26th. My, my, yeah, April 26th, it's April 26th. And it's so special because it's my mother's, my mother, Joni Baloney's birthday. So happy birthday, Ma. Hope you're listening out there. I'd hope so. Hopefully this isn't, isn't, isn't such a show that even his mother couldn't listen, but hey, there are bigger Bucks fans out there. And uh, yeah, happy birthday to Joni, and uh, hopefully this birthday season will uh, bring around some good luck for our guy, for our guy Chrissy there, and some good luck for uh, for the Bucks in Game Six. Hopefully they close out the series. Uh, so uh, even though we won't have that uh, availability advantage that I had predicted going into this round, I. I uh, hope that Bucks can at least close it out and uh, still have a solid, what, five days off uh, until the beginning of the second round. I don't have a necessarily the most 
reliable uh, source there. But someone suggested on Twitter that that game one would be Monday. And that makes sense because that would leave uh, about as much of a gap as one would expect if these if if uh, any of these series were to go seven games. So that's probably enough of my enormous preface to my game notes here. So I'll just hop in to game one against the Bulls where we took it away uh, 93 to 86 in a uh, 90s-esque final margin of victory. That would be the lowest scoring total of the Bucks by far uh, in these first four games, but the Bulls would actually be held uh, by five fewer points uh, in game three, our most impressive showing so far uh, in the series. The uh, Bucks starters in game one were Drew Holiday, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. While the Bulls starters were Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. The Bucks scored nine unanswered uh, points to start this game. And the Bulls missed six field goals in a row. And on top of that, Grayson Allen got a, uh, a block against a, against a Bulls opponent. And after the first quarter... The Bucks led 34 to 21, and Brooke led all scores with 11 points, while Voos led the Bulls with six points and uh, five rebounds. So, a bit of a cushion there to begin with. Uh, started off more like we had expected the series to go, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't perfect from then on out, although Giannis would get would have two posters early in the second quarter and a swat Zach Levine. Chris would have uh, back-to-back turnovers. Uh, the Bucks would go on a 7-0 run with Giannis on the bench. Uh, not quite what we had expected, but uh, all that said, the Bulls would bring it down from a 13 to an 8-point Difference between the two squads. Uh, at half, Giannis had 17 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. And DeMar DeRozan had 12 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. The Bulls would come out of, ha- out of the halftime break, making more of their jump shots. And the Bucks could not match, unfortunately. Uh, Chris Middleton would draw a charge on Zach Levine for his fourth foul and Giannis would put Vucevic on a poster. Bulls would go on a 9-0 run, though, uh, except Brooke would meet Zach Levine uh, at the rim before Kobe Kobe White ripped off uh, five straight points. Kobe White has had moments in this series, but... uh, Still, maybe not the kind of guy that that the Bulls could reasonably expect to uh, to show up in in a major way. At least not enough so to flip a series. Uh, worth mentioning, uh, Lonzo Ball 
well, well, of course, we hopefully only have one game left in this series, but it was quite clear even going going into this first round that uh, Lonzo Ball would be out, and that's uh, a tremendous loss for the Bulls. That's someone who could make a significant act, uh, impact on a series, especially uh, on the defensive end, which, uh, yeah, having him and, and Caruso... Uh, as their front line uh, defense was kind of kind of their staple at the beginning of the year and and that's what uh propped them up to being a first seed uh for a while the bucks did go on a 10 to 2 run late in the third quarter and uh bobby wood stuff uh demar rosen at the end of the third. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Oh, water break. Wow. And then going into the fourth quarter, the Bucks uh, only led by three seventy four to seventy one. Giannis uh, would had. 27 points, 12 rebounds, and 2 assists to Nikola Vucevic's 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, Bobby drew Zach Levine's uh, first, uh, not first, definitely not his fifth foul early in the fourth quarter, and that got the Pfizer form crowd hyped. Uh, Javon Carter also forced uh, Vucevic to travel. Unfortunately, though, Alex Caruso drew a charge on Giannis for his uh, fifth foul. So at this point, uh, getting to about the midway point in the fourth quarter of game one, where I jotted down how many turnovers, question mark, exclamation mark, and when I was looking this up after the fact, I couldn't believe that... Bucks had 21 turnovers uh, by the end of this game to the Bulls uh, with 11. Uh, even 11 doesn't sound like a good margin, so the fact that we nearly doubled that is uh, nothing short of embarrassing. And, uh, yeah, those turnovers largely kept this the series close early on and yeah that kind of sloppiness and I don't know yeah sloppiness ill-preparedness yeah it's uh you can kind of leave fans questioning um how serious the Bucks took the series going into this, how seriously they took the Bulls. Uh, but, of course, there has to be some mystery uh, left there uh, for the Bucks, and we don't want to withhold any credit that's due, due to the Bulls for uh, keeping it close in these first couple games. As the Bucks, or actually the Bulls, uh, took a lead, uh, 
around midway through or later on, mid to late part of the fourth quarter, and um, the lead would, would flip sides a few times here as Giannis and Levine uh, would return after uh, each of them collecting five fouls. Um, but seemingly all the analysts that I've heard of uh, pointed out the fact that Bud was playing offense-defense with with Giannis, and meanwhile the Bucks went on an 8-0 run with Giannis on the bench. Uh, it's pretty peculiar to hear your here playing offense defense come up with your uh, superstar player that's something you might hear uh, more about on uh, you know certain dysfunctional teams that might be in the playoffs right now um, but might not reasonably expect to become NBA champions or um, they're definitely not reigning NBA champions, but to be fair, Giannis did have the five fouls here. So I think it's I I think it's fair that that even even the best defenders, knowing the back of my knowing in the back of their minds that they have five fouls and are needed as much as possible on the court, it's uh, can reduce them significantly uh, as a defender and. It can uh, kind of uh, wave wave a red flag there in, in front of in front of the Bulls team there, and just a- ask them to to go at Giannis and just uh, and just just pray that the refs see what what they're uh, what they're hoping to do there. Uh, and yeah, Giannis didn't get get back in there for a while. I think it, it might have only been with about a minute left that Giannis got back in. You have to think that that Bud would have put him in sooner had uh, had the game allowed it to. But I'll take an eight eight zero run even if it's uh just the nasty uh, playing one v five against uh you know against the uh, ninety six Bulls. Uh, to close out this one, though, uh, Brooke would get uh, a block on Levine. Uh, fortunately, Chris would leave Caruso open for a layup, but Brooke would come up big again with a clutch floater. Although Wes would turn it over on the next Bucks offensive possession, Zach Levine uh, would miss would miss an important three, and then. Uh, Drew and Chris would be sent to the free throw line, uh, where they would where they would close it out uh, for the Bucks uh, after Leslie Matthews got uh, a big stop against uh, Demar Derozan, and the Bucks took took it home in Game One, ninety three to eighty six. Now these next two games, I. Uh, got to enjoy, or in one of these two games, the first game I'm about to just discuss, game two more so, got to uh, shout F-bombs at my my buddy's TV screen last Wednesday evening, and uh, 
it's hard to imagine that I'll be welcomed back in that household after uh, how upset I got after game two. Uh, I'm sure if you watch the game or are about to hear what I have to say about it, um, you can understand a bit of where I'm coming from, but it's hard to feel bad for, it's hard to not feel bad rather for, uh, you know, spook, spooking your friend's cat, uh, maybe making their neighbors upset at, at, at set it, upset at them for screaming F-bombs at the TV and, but either way, shout out to, uh, Christina and Andy for having me over for a game too, even if it was, uh, one of the worst Bucks games uh, I I had ever seen, and we've seen a lot of Bucks games, to be sure. So I'm not about to go rewatch every single one, and you know, stick to that point. But especially especially if you put in the fact that it's the playoffs, uh, you know, I'd say it's it's probably in like the five percentile for bucks games that i've that i've enjoyed five percentile for enjoyment for bucks games game four was uh and silver lining though out of it which uh bore itself out uh bucks only lost by four after all of that being said 110 to 104 uh and DeMar DeRozan just went nuts in this game. Uh, the national media, I forget who, but there was there was one podcast that I was listening to where they were trying to uh, trying to argue that the Bucks defense just wasn't uh, good enough against DeMar DeRozan, and they were kind of trivializing how. Uh, you know the shots that he made, saying saying that saying that if you you let someone walk into a jump shot like that and set their feet, that that basically anyone can hit the shots that that the Bucks gave Demar Derozan, and that's just that I just found that to be one of the most ridiculous things I had heard this week because I mean maybe we could have maybe we could have gotten into into Demar's chest a little bit more. Uh, Got got him to feel a little more uncomfortable. Maybe not get to get to his spot as many times. It, it wasn't a perfect outing, uh, to be sure, from Giannis and Wes, whom I remember mostly on Demar. Uh, but Demar's made his his living on on the Tough Shot Express that Chris Middleton's been riding, uh, and probably even more so because. Uh, One thing we'll always remember DeMar for is uh, sticking by the mid-range game, even though, uh, you know, this modern era of the NBA uh, it was just totally willing to throw away that part of the game until some people have come back around that, you know, maybe in tough playoff games like this against playoff defenses, you're going to, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to make a uh, difficult shot. So, so there is some value in uh, being able to create something out of nothing. But, yeah, I don't think just any old guy walking into the gym could could have sunk some of the shots that DeMar DeRozan was, 
was making over over Giannis and Wes, but uh, it's probably a good sign that I can't even remember uh, who to slander uh, for that take. We had a couple guys go down in this game. Already talked about Chris Middleton uh, spraining his MCL, uh, and he had done so by just slipping on a wet spot. Nothing, no. Uh, no Bulls player to cancel for um, for causing Chris Middleton to uh, get hurt. Um, I mean, I guess it would be harder to to say that for Bobby's injury. Bobby had an abrasion in his eye that you can still see prominently, uh, but he would only miss the remainder of Game Two with his eye injury. And he came back with the Bobby Bifocals in games two and four, where he, uh, where he was, where he made his presence known and showed that, thankfully, his uh, his eye injury would not hinder his eyesight so much that he that he couldn't be a factor moving forward. And uh, yeah, when you saw the blood gushing down Bobby's face, and then a sizable us. Uh, section of the guy's eye is still clearly uh bright red uh i'd imagine it'd be harder to hit hit the hit the threes that he does but he hit a reasonable clip in the next game uh but yeah i mean this was the demar Derozan. Uh, game uh, to be sure he ended with 41 points seven rebounds four assists 16 of 31 from the field uh, he missed his two three-point attempts but uh, got two blocks in this game meanwhile Giannis ended with an assist shy of a triple double along with uh, 33 points and 18 rebounds and two blocks, 11 and 20 uh, from the field, and he also missed his his two uh, three point attempts in this game. The turnover uh, battle wasn't quite as pronounced here. Uh, Bucks had three more turnovers than the Bulls, uh, uh, 15 compared to 12. But uh, when you look when you look back. Or when I when I'm thinking back at the game here, I do have to remind myself yet that we did only lose by four. It was the closest game of the series, and you know, considering how bad we had played in game two, uh, it uh, made sense for for uh, the Bucks to regress to the mean and for uh, the outcomes of the next two games to to be what they were. So the only statistical category that jumped out to me in game two was uh, the fact that the Bucks still won the point in the paint battle, uh, 46 to uh, 34. But even in a loss, you should expect that with, with the size discrepancy. And uh, certainly moving forward now that, now that we have Chris and have to uh, adjust accordingly. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the Bulls offense here coming from 
from uh, from jumpers and yeah, that's just that's just the tough part about about the Bulls team and I don't know for Bulls fans in general they uh, if I were them I would just wish that I would have that that I'd have uh, more of an ability to to get to get some easier looks but of course not everybody can have Giannis um I thought I thought Nikola Vucevic was better in this series than uh than I expected uh <laughs> and I know people were even when it did look a little dicey in the first couple of games were pointing to uh, how the Bulls had, or excuse me, uh, Nikola Vucevic's magic had bothered the Bucks in the first round of of uh, <laughs> excuse me in the first round of the 2020 bubble playoffs. Uh, Nikola Vucevic and the Magic took that took that game one against the Bucks, if I remember correctly. And uh, that was not a real fun connection for Bucks fans to hear, considering how that postseason ended up. Uh, but either way, completely different teams. There's just one commonality there in Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> and uh, I was looking back and I was trying to remember uh, yeah because I, I just thought Vuce was particularly impressive in this series but I can't say that he was he was perfect because in the most recent game uh, on Sunday game four where the Bucks won handily again uh, Vuce did not have an efficient game uh, he had 11 points 10 rebounds 2 assists but his 11 points came on 14 shots. He's only one of six uh, from the three-point line and did not get to the free throw line at all. Uh, but in contrast to uh, Nikola Vucevic in this series, uh, Brooke had a had a had a nice stat line at, at the end of this game with 25 points, five rebounds, nine of 15 from the field, three of six from three and four, four from the line. Remember Brooke had a couple, uh, big plays, uh, in the fourth quarter where he was able to use, use his, his, his size and barrel down the lane for some, some high percentage looks, some dunks. And, uh, of course I was all, already on a roll and the bucks, uh, continue to, to trail and, struggled to completely close the gap against the Bulls throughout this game and I was just continuing to scream at the television uh where, where the heck this Brook had been all game because it really should should be there for him uh in in all of this series uh for uh for Brook to take advantage of his size he's bigger than than uh a lot of centers in this day and age uh Starting to think back to 
last year's first round against the Miami Heat. Uh, Bam Adebayo, one of one of the most versatile defenders in, in the league. Uh, he got a number of Defensive Player of the Year votes, again, and rightfully so. Uh, but, yeah, having a front line of both Giannis and Brooke is just deadly. So I think if a team goes small against us, they should um, theoretically also be digging their own grave and speaking of grave digging i'm trying to transition here not so not sure how well it's going but i am in a bit of a better mood now that i'm uh, recapping game three of this series Unfortunately, we were out. We were th- we were without Chris Middleton. Uh, however, Game Three was an absolute thirty ball, and I got to enjoy this one with friends as well. Uh, buddy Freddie was able to host us, uh, and the man prepares a tremendous charcuterie board. Let me say, uh, this guy for all of his amazing qualities. Uh, one of, one of the many is just being a tremendous host. And I got three words for you to prove that. I think it's three words. Jalapeno, goat, cheese. That's right. I, I still can't stop thinking about that stuff, huh? I know I sound just like totally... Uh, off my rocker right now by getting so excited about a charcuterie board. But, uh, you know, the Bucks gave us that luxury last Friday night for us to, you know, not to be standing up throughout the game, not to be screaming F-bombs, not to be waking up neighbors, and not to be scaring your friend's cats anymore because we, we just got to calmly enjoy each other's company have some jalapeno goat cheese, maybe a Miller Lite, catch up, and glance up at the scoreboard and see that the Bucks were up by 15 uh, already, uh, uh, easily in the first quarter. And um, even without Chris Middleton, unfortunately, but uh, but Bobby Portis was back with his Bobby bifocals, and he uh, took Chris's spot spot in the starting lineup so now uh yeah the super the super size uh well i mean compared to a lot of teams the already super sized front court and uh Giannis and brooke got even bigger just throwing bobby out there and making Giannis nominally uh the 611 uh, 240, and that's likely understating its small forward uh, next to uh, Drew and Wes uh, in the backcourt. Oh, I'm also going to uh, digress quick here because news also came out today that uh, Drew Holiday won the Twyman Stokes Award. I believe I'm 
saying the namesake for that award uh, best, but feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. And that uh, is to honor the teammate of the year. I think Drew won this as well uh, when he was with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, not the flashiest of awards, of course, not one that I'll, um, you know, offhand be overly confident that I'll know, know the illustrious history of, but uh, no surprise that it goes to Drew Holiday, and you know that uh, that it was well-deserved because he's been, uh, he's been celebrated as a, uh, is one of the most high character guys in, in the league for uh, a really long time now. And yeah, I've never heard a teammate say anything negative about him. I've never heard anything negative about him in the press. He obviously is donated. He donated all of his uh, bubble salary uh during the beginning of of the pandemic and he continues to do uh, a lot of charity work he and he and his wife uh i believe it's called the jlh fund thinking back they have an instagram page that i follow if you want to go go and find that and it's fun to see see what they're up to and how they're they continue to make an impact in our community. So uh, we very much appreciate Drew Holiday here in Milwaukee, not only for his play on the court, but for uh, doing the most off it as well. Although <laughs> I'll jump back to the basketball here. Uh Grayson Allen has uh, come alive here in Chicago. Uh, ironic for obvious reasons, but uh, yeah, there was a stat thrown about in the most recent game, Game 4, that uh, Grayson Allen had become the first buck to sink back-to-back uh, Oh, excuse me. I'll try this one again. Grayson Allen became the first buck to sink at least five threes in back-to-back games. And in the modern era that we're in, and the fact that it's essentially the basketball era that I grew up watching, five threes doesn't sound insane, although it's in back-to-back games, and is a lot for a single game for it to be the first time ever i'm a little skeptical so you could you could question if you also need to filter on playoff games or if you need to filter uh in uh guys who strictly came off the bench i don't know but how i have it written down is is the first way i said it where it was just first buck with back-to-back games uh, sinking five threes. Man alive, my desk is just falling apart here. But, uh, 
Oh, this is a smooth recording for me. That's for dang sure. Also, just thought I lost my Wi-Fi for a moment, but the recording's still going. Full disclosure, I wasn't sure if I would reveal this, but this is my sec second take at recording this, and I was already late to this to this episode because I wasn't really thrilled about recording uh, hours after the Bucks had lost Game Two in that awful, awful game where I was cussing out the TV, but. Last night when I had recorded this show, I uh, I downloaded the recording and moved it into Audacity, and it was just crickets. So I'm not sure what the root cause is yet. I did a little test opener, and things seem fine. I left out my earbuds because although that's never been an issue with the show, I've had issues with people getting audio with me while I have my earbuds in on Zoom and Skype or what have you uh, on my personal computer. So if you're in any more background, that's that's the reason. Otherwise, I guess you maybe wouldn't hear heard my shelf falling out of my desk. Uh, you would have definitely still heard my coughing, but. Uh, I did take a negative. I did take a COVID test. So far, I'm negative. So, uh, laying low, but I'm already feeling much better. So optimistic there. Anyways, um, this is a this is a buck show, right? Uh, yeah. So, of course, in this game, bucks were hitting on all cylinders. So, might as well just get into the categories that uh, display that the bucks won the rebounding. Category 55 to 43. They had 16 more points in the po points in the paint compared to the Bulls, 46 to 30. They had 15 fast break points compared to only five for the Bulls. Uh, the Bucks had 21 more bench points in that category, 47 to 26. And that's wild. Noting that uh, that uh, Bobby Porty. Bobby Porty, Bobby Portis <laughs> was in the uh, was in with the starters in this contest. So normally, when you see the Bucks bench, which has been uh, underwhelming this regular season, definitely feel fair saying that Bucks bench has been underwhelming uh, this regular season. Uh, and then losing Chris and having our our. Ideally, our sixth man, though he was our starter for a lot of this year, Bobby Portis, now joining the starters, uh, would not have predicted our bench uh, being being a major factor here. Uh, but, of course, Grayson Allen led all scorers with 22 points, 6 rebounds, uh, 8 of 12 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3 in 24 minutes. Uh, Nikola Vucevic led the Bulls. Uh, somehow their leading scorer with only, I mean only, this is statistically a solid game, but as a leading scorer in a playoff series, not amazing, but we 30-balled the Bulls, so... 
lot of regerts in this one. Vucevic ended with 19.6 rebounds, 3 assists. 8 of 17 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3. Giannis, uh, again, a near triple-double. 18 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 7 of 12 from the field. Uh, he missed all three three-point attempts, but uh, was 4 of 5 from the line in 29 minutes. Uh, Bobby Portis... Uh, in his uh, first start uh, in a bit, uh, especially now that thankfully our guy Brooks back. Bobby had 18 points and 16 rebounds, 7 of 4 from the field, eight of 4 of 8 from 3 in 27 minutes. That 4 of 8 in particular was uh, was a sign the Bucks fans were looking for to prove that even though uh, Bobby had had a had a had a massive uh, red splotch on one of his eyes, uh, uh, especially apparent when he takes off his Bobby bifocals. Uh, still did not stifle uh, his three point clip at all, although it would have been understanding if it would have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I if I'd be seeing. Uh, Seeing uh, one basket or two after uh, what what Bobby had gone through, uh, Chris or not Chris, unfortunately not Chris. Again, this is the first game that Chris missed. Drew Holiday had six sixteen point six rebounds, six assists, seven of fourteen from the field, only one of five from three. Only made one of his two free, free throw attempts, uh, but that was all only in twenty nine minutes as well. With the Bucks running away with it, we finally saw some Luca Vildoza action. In this game, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see him at all in the games uh, leading up to the playoffs. Uh, he was the latest addition to the team. And, uh, yeah, especially because the Bucks clearly threw away a couple of those games. It seemed like it would have been prime Luca Vildoza action. Uh, but luckily, we bargained for some runaway games in the first round. Uh, as well and uh, Luca had a an amazing behind the back pass threading the needle uh, all still while throwing it behind the back to Thanasty for a dunk and I don't remember a specific play but I know Lofton Bucks had mentioned uh, a play in one of these last two games when we got some Thanasty action where Thanasis was Definitely fouled, and it might not have even been called when he was going up for a dunker in the air by a Chicago Bulls player, and that's uh, particularly frustrating because uh, not trying to be slanderous, but just a matter of fact, if Thanasis is in there, it's uh, not not a time in the game to risk injury at all. Uh because normally at that point, the outcome is already set. But uh, not meaning to end, end that on a negative note. Uh, and I don't know how anyone could, could even... Uh, yeah, how their mind could even flip on that with the Bucks uh, taking a home 111 to 81 in Game 3. In our most recent contest was uh, a Sunday noon game. My f- 
favorite, and that's 100% sarcastic. Um, but, you know, if you don't have to pull up at Fiserv Forum alone and hungover and drink a couple of Bloody Marys by yourself, it can be it can be kind of nice to just sit, sit on your couch with a coffee and then have your whole day ahead of you. I won't argue with you if that's your point of view, uh, but... Uh, Zach Levine really showed up in this game, uh, at least compared to other <laughs> other games of his. Um, but uh, Zach Levine left this game, unfortunately. And went into concussion protocol. I haven't heard any news update on whether or not uh, he will be available, but you have to imagine it's uh, it'll be a close decision because concussions can, you know, be a quicker turnaround than, of course, uh, you know, many other injuries. But it's also not something you want to play play with. Uh, except you have to think that the uh, you have to think that that the extra the extra day there might help help his odds. But of course, reminder: Zach Levine will be in health and safety protocols for for the next game. Uh, Giannis ended with an impressive stat line, uh, but I think plenty of people put money. On that one, Grayson Allen, of course, had his second consecutive game with with five threes. I'll say my most my happiest thought when reminiscing on this game here now with a more comfortable three one series lead. Now I'm also more comfortable uh, speaking on the show here about this series uh, was. The Bucks bench. I didn't notice during the game, but I saw I heard people talking about it, and I finally uh, saw someone catch a photograph of it after the game. The Bucks bench was actually booing Grayson Allen because with his with his back to back games with five made threes in the United Center, it was clear that um, well, you know, it would be a strong case to say that Grayson Allen thrives off the booze and has already had maybe his best playoff games ever and maybe some of his best NBA games in general ever with these with these United Center Center booze. So I love I love that uh that uh that yeah the Bucks are embracing that and poking a little fun back at Chicago uh, for for their antics. It'd be a little weird if Pfizer Forum then took the opportunity to boo Grace and Allen. Uh, but, I mean, if, if, he, if he and the Bucks embrace it all the same, I guess I'm, I'm okay with it, but I'll have to see it to, um, to agree with it. Uh... Bobby also got into it with Zach Levine late in this game. 
And I have to point this out. Locked on Bucks, I love them so very much. They have they bring a lot to this show, uh, but they also just bring a lot to my life and my um, you know, how I digest the Milwaukee Bucks. But they had this weird take where they said that the kerfuffle between Levine and Portis late in this game was Zach Levine manufacturing uh, some sort of beef, an effort to fire up his guys, but Bobby Portis clearly held on to Levine for too long, and he was holding on to Levine by reaching over his shoulder. Uh, you know, it's one thing it's one it's one thing to grab to grab somebody by the arm, but when you get close to their head and are there for an extended period of time, I can see why Zach Levine would be would be upset. And, uh, yeah, but on a more positive note, because nothing but support here for Bobby Portis, when he heard some stuff from uh, the Chicago crowd, and we also heard some faint uh, Bobby chants uh, in the background from our, from our uh, you know, good land compatriots making the trip down uh, south, Bound on I-94. Uh, yeah, Bobby Portis responded to the Chicago crowd by pointing at his ring finger. Uh, so a great moment to reminisce on Bobby's journey, which of course uh, started in Chicago. And uh, Bobby's had to, uh, you know, persevere through, um, you know, a number of things early in his career, like many players do, but uh, you know, not all of them make it through, and not all of them become uh, champions. Uh, let alone at, while Bobby is still young in his NBA career too. So uh, I could talk about Bobby all day, but I'll just jump into the game action uh, right now. Brooke, uh, Brooke stuffed. Uh, excuse me, uh, Patrick Williams on his first drive of the game, and that was after uh, Patrick Williams went uh, 0 of 9 from the field in game 3, that 30 ball uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm literally going to double check this now. So, <laughs> uh Apologies for for the radio silence there. Uh, Patrick Williams, um, although in this game four here, he had a solid 20 and 10 on 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of, th- three of 6 from 3, made all three of his, his free throw attempts, but um, definitely not enough. Now that the Bulls also had to uh, compensate for the loss of Caruso for uh, a lot of the second half in this one, uh, in addition to Lonzo Ball, who uh, shan't be forgotten. Uh, uh, Drew and Zach Levine would have two threes uh, early in the first quarter, and Grayson Allen would strip Kobe White uh, twice in a row. 
but the Bucks missed five field goals in a row in the first. And I could have sworn the broadcast put that stat up on twice in the first quarter alone. Uh, I am skeptical because I also remember uh, the Bucks uh, being 10 of 20 uh, shooting overall after the first quarter, which is theoretically possible. But still, then I believe that ha- that would force the Bucks to have gone made five in a row, the missed five in a row, the made five in a row, the missed five in a row, and it just kind of seems, it almost seems more likely that it, w- that it was a glitch by the broadcast. Uh, even so, n- not important to dwell on at all. Um, Bucks led, uh, but by only three points after the first quarter is 25 to 22 Bucks. Drew had eight points, and Zach Levine had 12 points, two rebounds, and four assists. Uh, Giannis put Voos on a poster at the end of the first quarter as well, but uh, Voos drew a charge on Giannis uh, at the beginning of the second quarter. Giannis would uh, swat Zach Levine on a drive, though, and Derek Jones Jr. would... uh, would have two turnovers in a row. Uh, yeah, poor Derek Jones Jr. I remember going to bat for him a little bit uh, against uh, J.J. Rivera of the 305 Culture Podcast when Derek Jones Jr. was on the heat. And I was just saying, basically like, hey man, how come we don't see this guy? And he's like, yeah, uh, for good reason. I don't really want to... I don't really want to see him on the court for our squad. And uh, I don't know, Derek Jones, Derek Jones Jr. always seemed interesting to me. Uh, however, that might be a, a sign of a... Hopefully not, but could be something you see more often if you if you are able to watch the Bulls every game. Uh, I think I'll stick with my bucks. As uh, Grayson sunk his first four... Four three-point attempts, uh, all uh, in the first half, and the Bucks extended their lead from three to fifteen, leading fifty-six to forty-one at half. Grayson led all scores with sixteen points, and Levine uh, still only had twelve points and two rebounds, but added a few more assists uh, before the halftime break. Bulls had gone in eleven zero run. However, from the nine and a half to the seven minute 45 second mark in the third, uh, behind back to back threes from Io Desumu, uh, the rookie out of Illinois. At this point, uh, Caruso would, uh, would suffer his concussion. And yeah, I saw, I caught a glimpse of a couple replays of this, but I still couldn't tell exactly where the contact was. But he was he was involved in a play between Javon Carter and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Either way, I it's hard to imagine that that would be uh, out of malice. Concussions are uh, fortunately a regular part of a contact sport uh, like this, and we wish all the best for uh, Caruso. Giannis would put Io. Sunmu on a poster, and the Bucks ripped off a five and uh, a 9-0 run from the five and a half to the four minute forty five second mark in the third. Uh, Giannis got called for a close goaltend uh, later in the third period, 
which was revealed to be Levine's first field goal since the first quarter at that point, which was a shock. Then Javante Green would not give up after uh, narrowly uh, losing his offensive rebound. He hustled back to uh, Javon Carter, who was steaming down court, and stripped him. And he was able to then... uh, uh, create uh, an and one for Zach Levine uh, with his defense there. Still, the Bucks uh, led by 16, 90 to 74 going into the final uh, quarter. Giannis had 25 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists to Zach Levine's 20 points, four rebounds, 10 assists. Um, after three quarters, uh, the Bucks were in foul trouble as. Uh, Brooke had five fouls and Drew had four and there's one other buck who I think had a four but I don't remember exactly who clearly did not affect the end result at this point as well early in the fourth where Grayson had uh, collected his career high 27 points after a three, and that was actually at the end of the third quarter, uh, where it was announced that he had been the first buck to uh, sink five threes in back-to-back games. We also got back-to-back threes from Wes and Drew draining two mid-rangers in short order. Uh, the Bulls would go on a, a 7-0 run from the 4.5 to the 3.5-minute mark, and this was also after Bud had jumped the gun a bit by pulling the starters uh, a little too soon. So we got a glimpse of some Thanasty, Nawara, and Serge. Uh, and we would see them again, but only after we got the opportunity for uh, Bobby to uh, get into it with with Levine. Both were just assessed uh double technicals so glad that the refs didn't get too carried away with it and hand out any penalties that could hurt uh any guys availability in games later on in the postseason and that is how we won again in decisive fashion in game four 119 to 95 26 24 my math is bad point lead and Giannis ended with 32 points 17 rebounds 7 assists while Levine ended with 24 points 5 rebounds and 13 assists Uh, on the series Giannis is averaging uh, 27 27 and a half points 14 and a half rebounds and seven assists so even though there were points in this one where we question the bucks execution uh our guy Giannis still uh has done as much as we can expect from the guy so hopefully we see a bit more of that more of Giannis having his way against the bulls on wednesday but yeah, last one did it didn't exactly go as planned either. So won't speak too soon, and I'll uh, 
let the cards fall as they may. But I'll be back to talk about that next week. And until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.